0: Oh,
1: What's going on, metalheads, beer drinkers, and podcast goers? This is Head Metal Over Six Pack. Thank you very much for joining us again. Pardon me.
2: Hello, everyone.
1: <laughs> we have a light show today. We do. By light, meaning we, we are we are short of guests. We
2: are short-staffed.
1: So uh, thoughts and prayers to our, our boy, uh, Jay, who is not going to make it this evening. But, unfortunately, the show must go on.
2: The Massachusetts weather has taken him.
1: Yeah, it's because it's been miserable. Warm, <laughs> cold. Big
2: gray bag of suck.
1: Cold, damp, wet, rain, mm-hmm. wet, rain, mm-hmm. cold, hot, warm, re- wet, rain. I don't know exactly how our bodies are supposed to uh, adjust to this, but, you know, whatever. The universe is killing us all slowly, especially mm-hmm. up in New England.
2: I think we're first.
1: So, we are available on all of the uh, the avenues. If you are listening to us, thank you so much. If there's a more convenient way to get to us, we can be found on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, TuneIn Radio app, iHeartRadio, the Podomatic app, and uh, website on patreon.com forward slash HMOA, number six, P-A-C-K. Great uh, um, full episode like today. We do have a featured artist today. Today's featured artist is going to be a band out of uh, Chicago, Illinois. It's going to be Central Distortion, who are... Um, their latest release eradication in september 25th of 2018 we're gonna be playing some tracks off the eradication album and i figured to start today let's start with a bang with some music this is going to be central this <laughs> central disorder track is insurrection
3: Out. We fight back, they shout, they shout They told us we shall, we shout
1: Awesome stuff. Let's start with some news today. Go ahead and kick us off, Anthony.
2: So as we know, Slipknot has released their, their new single, All Out Life. All Out Life. The uh, the most recent Hammer uh, Metal Hammer magazine, and this is off of Louder Sound, um, has uh, it's they have a segment on Slipknot with uh, Corey Clown and Joey, because of the All Hope Is Gone. It's uh, evidently the anniversary of it or whatever so they have like a story based on it so they ended up all getting together and the the little side uh, news I get out of it is uh, Joey uh, Jordison he has a lot of unheard Slipknot demos at home Ooh. and he uh, pointed out um, and this is uh, his quote he says I have a ton of Slipknot demos that I have at home maybe someday they'll surface maybe they'll never be heard but I don't translate them to any other band They still stay in the Slipknot safe So he was keeping them For a Slipknot only Which would be interesting to have him back Being one of the of Was he? No
1: remind, Why am I like wicked annoying? Am I crazy? Alright Much better Now oh, correct me if I'm wrong was he, uh, was he actually a part of the last album? Or no. no That was just, like no. that no. was like the first one That like, he was Correct. like Meh Correct. Out Done Peace. Because of his
2: uh, I'm going to say this wrong Transverse Maedalus It's a rare neurological condition With uh, oh, yes, 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 yes So he had to go through a lot of stuff To get back on track Gotcha Gotcha Because he uh, he actually started Scar the Matar, Matar In uh, 2003 Which is um, His project Yep And uh He's pretty much been with them Oh I'm sorry two, You know what We're gonna go into George, Jordison real quick And in 2016 He launched a new band Called Vimic Which I, I think I remember Now that I think about it And now he has A new one In 2016 as well Known as Sins Which is an extreme Metal band Okay So right. Anyway Going back to what, uh, the, uh, the story Um but a, a few other quotes I, w- I want to pull out of this is, um, is uh, he said, uh, I sleep music, I wake up and there's a riff in my head, because he plays guitar too, he actually started as a guitarist before he became, uh, became a drummer, Yep. Um, but he said, every step I take there's a riff, a beat, something, there's a, it's, that's the way a musician is, you're isolated in a weird way because music is haunting you as much as it's loving you, non-stop. But um, it's, I thought it was kind of neat that uh, they've actually reconnected because there's been a lot of controversy about if he was kicked out, blah blah blah. Because he's technically number zero, the song, and the negative one, you know, something like that. So. I actually remember
1: when that happened. I I I believe I read it was health related,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and like even like initially, and like you know, like best wishes, like thoughts, gonna do like yep. the like the, the whole thing. Like so, the separation was. It wasn't easy. I can't I can't imagine,
2: but uh, maybe some impossible horizon of uh, him jumping back in the, uh, the Slipknot train, which would be cool.
1: Absolutely. So I found one new story today. So it was kind of a I found this new story on the Book of Faces.
2: Okay.
1: Uh, there was a post today by the the Amity Affliction.
2: I Amity. Mean, okay, we saw them.
1: The Amity Affliction. I'm mm-hmm. sorry. So they have an upcoming tour, the Mis- the Misery mm-hmm. Will Find You tour. It's actually with census um, Fail. Okay. So it's Amity Affliction and Census Fail. That's old school. So Bad Omens was originally on this bill. Okay. Today. So I-, I saw this post by the Amity Affliction, and for some reason I absolutely loved it, and I was like, I'm so glad we have a podcast episode today because we're probably going to talk like a little bit of news, mm-hmm. and this will be so awesome to like kind of give. So the Amity Affliction, the Misery Will Find You Tour update. Uh th- this is a post on Facebook. Okay. Like their their thing is just sure. it, it's sure. it's entitled Misery Will Find You Tour Update. We have to let you know that the band, Bad Omens, have pulled out of this tour. They were unhappy about the size of their name on the artwork and felt the need to pull out the day after we announced both the Amity Affliction and Senses Fail are working hard to find a replacement, and we look forward to sharing that with you (laughs) as soon as possible.
2: Ill Omen? Was that the band
1: you said, right? Uh, Bad Omen. Oh, Bad Omen, I bought it. Bad Omens.
2: That's not a long long one.
1: So, I did some research and like I'm look- looking it up now. They they actually have some like pretty cool promos for this. Like you know the mini affliction, senses fail. Like you know half and half. Like they got this cool video that's out there. It's got like a house and they got like yeah. live shots mm-hmm. and the, like of um of like the band's playing like behind their names. Right. So mm-hmm. underneath and featuring special guests. I mean, it honestly couldn't be in like smaller fonts. Oh, it's like real small. It- it's pretty fucking tiny, <laughs> but. Featuring uh, special guests, it was like Bad Omens, and I honestly can't even remember.
2: And that was the reason they dropped out. Yeah,
1: Bad Omens and Belmont.
2: Belmont. I think Belmont. So,
1: <laughs> but I mean, the two headliners are obviously like the the main focus, like the promo. But the, the problem is, the promos that I saw was these are all like Facebook banners. They're not like they're a not poster like of any of any right, sort. Right. Like these are like the Facebook banners that are like on like the event pages and like the stuff that they're using on like the social medias. Mm-hmm. And it just says like in small font, like with special guests, like bad omens and bell. And <laughs> <That's>
0: so <weird. laughs>
1: it's so funny. If That's... this is literally why they dropped out of the tour, I mean like seriously, are they are are bands really that much of a bitch? Right. Which, you know, impromptu now. So now, I don't know if this is actually a good play for them because you know what happened. Like when I saw this, what's the first thing I did? I looked up bad omens. Right. Because now I'm curious. Now, like, now
2: you want to know. I'm exactly. like, okay,
1: like these guys are like so great, but they need their like their names and like the lights and like whatnot. Like what's so great? Um, they're kind of a bunch of bitches. Uh, I don't know. So now bad omens. There you go. You now have an impromptu <laughs> like uh, album review. So, since this post was was put up there, there's been 1.4 thousand comments under this, which I'm honestly <laughs> not going to bore us obviously. by going through all the comments. But the latest, the the one that's kind of like highlighted on like my Facebook right now, is from a band called One Shot Thrill. Okay. And uh, they have a blue check mark, so I believe that means that they are certified legit. Apparently, Facebook does the uh, Twitter thing now. Where if you have the blue check mark, you are officially official. Okay. So uh, one shot thrill. Uh, hey, a mini affliction and census fail. Put us on the tour. We don't care if our name is on the back of the flyer in size four font. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Touche.
1: Now, <laughs> what I've been actually like hoping for. Actually, there's a ton of ba- There's a ton of bands that've been like, that have been like posting on this. It's like, we don't even care if we're even on the fucking flyer. Just bring us on,
2: right? Tour. Pretty much. I've actually been waiting
1: for like the response from like the bad omens and like, like get like a little like social media war like between these two. But point of the story, like seriously, seriously, does this really happen in like the real world? Did, like, they set up like a North America. Which, by the way, between. The midi affliction we're talking about like this is their largest north american tour in the history of their being
2: is it? so it's a big one too yeah so why would you not want to be on it
1: and you're gonna drop out because you're a bunch of sackless bitches <laughs> and don't like That's how you're silly. represented on the poster which you know what there were some fans too like especially early on because i think i saw this post like seven minutes after they posted it So so like I wasn't like inundated with like one point four thousand like comments. Like I saw like the first few dozen. And like a couple of times like fans were like, well, why won't you just make their names bigger on the poster? Like petty shit you guys are fighting about. No, fuck that. You know why? (laughs) Because it's not the band that's actually putting together these posters, it's the fucking promoters that are putting together these posters. Right. And if they felt that bad omens in Belmont should be in this size font while MIDI affliction and senses fail which are the two bands, which are really the reason why probably anybody's going to come, especially if you're in this area, because you and I both know if you go to a show where there's four bands playing, nobody shows up for the first two, but the, the co-headliners are like start getting mobbed kind of a thing. Right. They probably thought that that was the way that they were going to sell tickets to their shows. But very entertaining. Kind of gossipy. I'm not usually a gossipy kind of person, but right, you know, right. th- this is actually kind of fun. I was, sure. I was kind of hoping for, like I've been keeping an eye on like bad omens, like, web, like just to Facebook, see what, like Facebook kind of pops day. out of it. Like, it's like, just so you know, <laughs> the mini Affliction are a bunch of dickweeds, mm-hmm. and they didn't promise us what they told us. Blah 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 blah. It's so silly. I thought it was pretty funny though. It? It's a little funny. my store
2: Sticking with it yeah I, uh, I gotta I'll go do you, do you have a another one oh. you're going to the story uh no okay so uh I don't know they make me they make me wonder hold on so I have the top 10 and I have my oh. yeah, I'll us
1: I'll check real quick. If I did, it would be right here. I have a quick one. Maybe you've heard this already? I think our, 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 um, our, our beloved buddy, uh, Jay here, would have liked this one. This comes from a loud wire. Ozzy Osbourne unveils the 2019 farewell tour with Megadeth. All right.
2: Must be one of the big 10 that Mr. was talking about.
1: Um, I believe this is Ozzy Osbourne's second tour. farewell tour.
2: Mm-hmm. That's how it works.
1: Um, I think I, I saw it like a, like a spoof. It's like, uh, no, no more tours, two tour.
0: Mm-hmm. Kind of.
2: <laughs> kind well, of because you know what happens is they're like, oh, this is their last tour, and then they realize that they just made a shit ton of money because it's their last tour, and they're like, why don't we just do that again? You go
1: Well maybe he was feeling it. You know, maybe his health is like doing better or yeah. maybe they realize that they couldn't afford the excise tax on their twenty vehicles and they're like shit. And Sharon's like, Ozzie Just
2: fucking yelling at him. Ozzie, you're gonna have to go back on the road. <laughs>
1: Yeah, I, don't know. I can't do British. I can't do British on my like call. That was terrible. That was so bad.
2: Oh my goodness! You can do British. I do, can.
1: Give me a Sharon. Oh, give some can't. Sharon.
2: Give, I can't just do it out of my own thing. Ah, fudge. That would be silly. See,
1: that's like way better than oh, like what I just did. Like my, like all my Brits. You tournament. need to get back on tour. So it is a, uh, it is a summer mm-hmm. tour. Um, it looks like it's a, it's a big stadium. A lot of pavilions. Um, Mohegan Sun is the closest that they're gonna get to this area. Yeah. Um, so
2: is it the name of the stage, I can't remember.
1: Uh, Mohegan Sun is uh, does not say what stage.
2: I forget the name of it. There's a name for the actual. It just says
1: Uncasville.
2: <laughs> That's its location.
1: Yep. Just says Mahegan, hmm. son. Doesn't say it doesn't say what stage. So if you're in New England, if you want to see uh, the final farewell tour of Ozzy Osbourne uh, with Megadeth, yeah. uh, you're gonna have to go to Mahegan. Which, whatever. You know what? Mehegan is a great time. It is. I agree. Blackjack tables are fantastic. Mm-hmm. Um, wait, no. I'm, I was gonna say I was gonna throw a club name out there, but that that's Foxwood. Yeah, that sometimes you get
2: them confused.
0: I, I don't.
1: I don't. I don't hit up Mehegan for a lot of. Clubs, clubs. I usually just go there for either giving my money away or music, or music. Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: And I think I went there mm-hmm. for Dane Cook one year. I, I did as well. That was a good one. We went together, were we? No, no. This is before. This is. We a weren't while together. We went together. And we one. went together. No. Okay.
1: <laughs> no, this is this is a while ago. Ah, <laughs> oh, that was my buddy Jamie. What's up, Jamie? Probably not listening to our show, but whatever.
2: Hi, Mark, this Marcus's friend Jamie. Who we don't know. You know Jamie? Do I know Jamie? You do know Jamie. That's in the Chili cook Jamie? Okay.
0: Baby.
2: Yeah. Hi, Jamie, who I do know.
1: And just so the uh, the uh, listening audience knows, I won the Chili Cook-Off this year, mm-hmm. so I am now the uh, world mm-hmm. champion of cooking chili as well. You did. So not you did. only am, am I an uh, awesome podcast host, uh ripping musician, I'm now a...
2: Chili aficionado. Super maker of
1: chili. Super maker of chili. I'll
2: we'll go with that. All right, fire away. Um... I have... I'm gonna, I'm gonna change this. Um, I have a, a small review. I went to go see over the weekend um, the Bohemian Rhapsody movie. Oh,
1: movie review. Yeah. Um, I feel like this needs a new sounder.
2: For, for all of you that are unaware, it's, it is about uh, Freddie Mercury of Queen, and they're, they're pretty much their life story. Um, if you weren't aware of that, shame on you. <laughs> You're know yeah, right, you probably right. shouldn't be listening <laughs> to this, but nah, whatever. Uh, very, very good. Um, it's long; it's a little over two hours, but uh, you don't you don't realize it. It, uh, it goes through since like when he first started with everybody to like you know the end with the uh, live aid, which was one of their last concerts, and uh, in uh, ninety 91? No, ninety one, no 91 is when he passed away. When they played live aid in uh, eighty five, was yeah, the the last big. Uh, Uh, no, but the the, movies, the movie was really good, very well done. Uh, I know the uh, rest of the band, Brian May and everybody, they all had a little bit of part. Uh, they are mostly behind everything. Um, the, the characters that portray, I mean, they look spot on. Brian May, swear to God, it was him. If I'm correct, the actual band members taught the guys how to actually play the instruments, which is kind of neat, so they actually play all their own stuff, but they go through all their songs. It's very well done. Very good. Highly yeah. recommended. That's awesome. I'm, a, I'm a big Queen fan, so.
1: Oh. You know, it's weird because like my uh, my TV watching, I don't know if it's just like I haven't had enough. There's just not enough hours in the day, like so I like so I don't watch a lot of TV. I don't see necessarily like a lot of like trailers and like whatnot. That one kind of like snuck up. I was like,
0: mm-hmm, kind of came a,
1: it, wasn't, it was unexpected. Is yeah. a Bohemian Rhapsody movie. Mm-hmm. So, no, that's that's awesome, man. Mm-hmm cool beans Very well done. any more news that you want to share
2: I just have the album releases.
1: alright we'll take a break we'll throw some music out there do it this is Central Disorder track Suffer My Hand
2: Actually, my favorite track of the album. I like that one.
1: You know, we get to a, we're gonna, we're gonna talk to the to to the guys from uh, Central Disorder like later on. But like, I was actually telling Anthony before we started like recording. Like, the more you listen to this album, like, the more like it's like, hey, this is pretty killer.
2: Mm-hmm. Agreed.
1: And then you listen to it again, it's like, dude, this is like super killer.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And then you listen to it again, it's like, dude, I can't wait to get these people on the phone because
2: I need answers.
1: So. Co-main event today. I've uh I've actually decided, like with like a little bit of a grab bag episode that we had today, uh, we needed to have a little bit of a I guess this would be an artist tribute kind of a thing, but for uh, for those of you that are not aware, it is the 30th anniversary of Metallica's "And Justice for All" album. Good album. It's a great, and you know that was actually one of the things like why I wanted to actually like talk about this because. I, I mean, I particularly, like, actually love this album. It, ha- it has one of my favorite Metallica songs of all time in Dyer's Eve. It, um... I mean, everybody knows, like, like the, the anthem-type songs, like, like one. Uh, Blackened is, like, a great opening... a great opening track for this album. I mean, it, it really was a staple for, for Metallica as far as I'm concerned. And, you know, growing up, it's, like, one of those things, like, if... Like, you listen to rock like you owned injustice for all if you didn't know injustice for all like you were doing something wrong it's Right. Like, what's what's wrong
2: sure
1: um so as part of the tribute like i actually kind of like uh, here we go all right so Couple of basic facts for uh, for those of us that were living under a rock. It was released in 1988. It was the album that was recorded with Jason Newstead as the first, like for the first time, was like as a bassist. Okay. Like uh, Cliff Burton died in 1986. Yep. This came out in 1988. Uh, a lot of the rumors that I actually heard about this album was like some, like a good portion of the songs were actually inspired by the like the feelings and like you know the kind of the devastation of losing Cliff.
0: Sure.
1: Like was it like some of the other band members and whatnot? Um, they, it was recorded on a, it was at a recording studio, one-on-one recording studios in Los Angeles, uh, producer Fleming Rasmussen, which we're going to talk about, like, a little bit, like, as I go through, like, some of the facts of, uh, of this album, but there's been a lot of, uh, there's been a lot of, uh, debate as to, uh, the production value of And Justice For All and, uh... Mr. Fleming Rasmussen takes a lot of the blame for that, which he actually kind of, in a few articles, like he actually get, like passes a buck. It's like, "Well, the reason why like it sounded so terrible is because I was absent during the mixing process." Which to that I say, <laughs> well, if you're the producer,
2: you probably want to be there. Right? I mean, I feel like I mean, your job is <laughs> to make like sure he it's would be, <laughs> I don't know. Um, priorities.
1: I wanted to talk about this album today because, like, it was was actually a very important album for me, personally. Like, I actually enjoy the track "Injustice for All." I uh, I was at one of the few live performances from Metallica where they actually played "Injustice for All," which it's just as long live.
2: I'm sure, if not longer, as
1: it it is (laughs) in the track form. Um, One obviously, like, kind of speaks for itself. Like I said before, like it has one of my favorite Metallica songs of all time, the Dio's Eve." Um, "To Live Is to Die" is a great instrumental track. What? That was that was actually um, it was supposed to be I I believe it was supposed to be in tribute to like Cliff Burton, and it has one of my favorite guitar riffs, like like the whole the the whole "To Live Is to Die." Mm-hmm. Yep track is just beautiful
2: I had the Beholder oh, shortest drop, both
1: of those tracks Harvester Osaro got a yeah, lot of radio a play, play. I, had the, I had the Beholder I mean I think I brought up Blackened already I mean that's I mean,
2: the staple in it yeah
1: like such a great album overall and like so much fun so much great stuff so what I found was the article 10 things you did not know about Metallica's Injustice for All. I'm like, I'm going to warn everybody. Like, five of them are about the song one. (laughs)
0: Probably.
1: But, moving right along. Number one, Injustice for All was mostly written in the Garage Days garage of Lars Ulrich's house in El Cerrito. Hmm. So uh, Metallica were booked to start writing the follow-up to Master of Puppets in the spring of 1987, as well as to play Saturday Night Live when James Hetfield broke his arm in a skateboarding accident. They canceled Saturday Night Live in their studio time. And once Hetfield recovered, they got back into shape by banging out the Garage Day's Revisited Covers EP. Okay. It was also that same garage that most of Justice came together. So, like, all of the stuff that they they actually wrote for, like, Injustice for All was actually written early. Yeah. Like, early on, like, they had this stuff, like, sitting on it, which that's my that's mind-boggling myself. And I'm sure if our partner was here with us, I'm sure um, Mustaine, like, probably wrote this whole album <laughs> and has received, like, no writing credits. Ugh. Um... Alric recalled in Decibel, um I think Blacken came early, Harvester of Sorrow came early, one came early, and the writing was pretty much me and James in the sweaty, shitty garage there on Carlson Boulevard. Sorry. Sweaty and
2: shitty.
1: So they, they they sat on this for like four like three albums. Like the three albums came out before this. Right. And they finally like had like all of this that just that that alone like just kinda like blows mm-hmm. my mind. Um, number two Concept behind one Dates back to the writing Of Master of Puppets uh, It's common knowledge That one was inspired By the book And movie Johnny got his gun About a World War one soldier Who wakes up To discover That he's become A prisoner In his own body After losing His arms Legs And Entirely face. Losing his arms Legs and Entirely face To his Artillery shell
2: yeah, And his Entire face
1: yeah, I don't think that's written right. Uh-huh. Revolver didn't proofread their article. <laughs> Reading this off of Revolver. Sorry. But, I digress. I do really uh, And use clips from it for the song's music video.
2: I think there's a Twilight Zone episode similar to it as well. I could be wrong. But...
1: It was back when Metallica were working on Master of Puppets that Hetfield was first struck with the theme that would grow into the song. James was talking to me about the idea of what it would be like if you were in the situation where you were basically like a living consciousness, like a basket case kind of situation where you couldn't reach out and communicate to anyone around you, Ulrich said in a film, filmed interview around the time of the album's release. You had no arms, no legs, couldn't obviously see, hear, or speak, or anything like that. And it was just an idea we had back then, but never really gotten any further on. So yeah. So, number three, more one facts. The opening of One was inspired by the proto-black metal band Venom. Okay. Metallica sets stage brilliantly for One, leading into the cut with an extended ambient intro full of sounds of war. It's an approach that takes on particularly vivid life in a live setting, where the band throw in smoke and lights to create a virtual battlefield on the stage. Seen live, by the way. It's pretty killer. I'm sure. Uh, The idea for the opening came from a Venom song called Buried Alive, he revealed in an interview with Guitar World, referencing the third track on the British extremist's seminal 1982 album Black Metal, a cut that, like one, begins with a slow-burning atmospheric prelude before the heavy riffage kicks in. And that's like a staple. Like if you if you go see Metallica Live and they start one, like they're they're not in the state, but like there's all these like yeah. like smoke, explosions, lights, whatever. Back when you could actually have explosions. Right. Uh number four is uh Kirk Hammett recorded the middle guitar solos in one between tour dates while the album was being mixed. Uh Hammett recalls I lost a lot of sleep over the set of guitar solos. Which he uh, told Guitar World. In particular, the song's middle solo presented lots of problems and wasn't laid down in its final form until the 11th hour. He, uh, he claims, I must have recorded and re-recorded it about 15 million times, like our, the, the guitarists are called. I wanted a middle ground between the really melodic solo at the beginning and the fiery solo at the end. I wanted that to sift very confidently within the song, but it sounded very unconfident. And I was never really happy with it. Uh, Hammond also said he was still unhappy with the solo even after the album was being mixed and the band was out on the road with the Monsters of Rock tour. One night I flew from, I flew from Philadelphia to New York City while everyone else was on their way to Washington, D.C. I went into the Hit Factory and re-recorded the solo again. He recalled, I brought my guitar, I had one of my main amps, sent to the studio and I re the solo there and finally nailed it. Now, any guitarist that knows any of the solos like Metallica, they all know that the Metallica works all off of uh, one scale. Mm-hmm. So, if you're uh, if you're a true guitarist out there right now, you're probably laughing. You're probably kind of laughing like inside at the at this because, well, yeah. Well, moving on, number five, the opening riff to "Frayed Ends of Sanity" was inspired by a football marching band.
2: Huh.
1: James Hetfield, who thought to use a chant from Wizard of Oz to open the song, Frayed Ends of Insanity, which Ulrich has described as the sound of angry fucks marching in your head. Okay. But maybe even more improbable was the source of inspiration behind the lurking rift that followed that chant. James told me he got it from watching a marching band during a football game. Kurt Hammett revealed to Decibel is not the craziest thing, not crazy at all. Not crazy at all
2: inspiration can strike anywhere all
1: right this one was actually pretty good jason number six jason newstead recorded his bass parts in one day with no other band members present before the album had even had a producer Typical basis. so they hadn't hired fleming rasmussen
2: sure.
1: yet so they didn't have a producer for the album uh jason newstead had just been hired by these guys and like he wasn't really meshing with any of them yet so long story short like i can actually like put put all this together it's pretty much all right went in got the tracks it took one day for jason to like put down like all of his bass and left he never had any contact with the band during recording they never gave him any feedback he just laid down his tracks and walked away
2: huh. which i've heard that he's not a huge fan of them personally anyways but.
1: well what's very interesting is number seven and this is the uh the claim to anybody who like talks about the production value of injustice for all alric and hammett claim that turning down newstead's base in the mix was not part of his hazing uh-huh. Okay. so the rumor is like and it's even if you like listen to it and i have a funny side story which i'll share like i'll share momentarily but you can't really hear bass not much going on in either. the tracks.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And my funny side, my funny side story to this is: um, so I got my license. Let's see, I was 16 mm-hmm. in 1999. Yep, 1999. I bought a brand new car in 1999. I installed the system in 1999. Like amp, sure. you Ultra know, Bank. bass, the, the, the whole shebang. My buddy Ryan was listening to me like set like the eq and i actually remember when ryan was there i actually put in the injustice (laughs) Injustice for all album and he kept making this comment to me because like you can hear the drum in injustice for all especially like the (laughs) like you could get that thump like like something fierce but like he kept making this comment it's like your mix is off what are you talking about your mix is off he kept telling me you you're not picking up any of the bass well, it turns out the reason why we weren't picking up any of the <laughs> bass in, in, in my system that I just dropped, like, a pretty penny for. Like, I'm not gonna make public how much money I put sure. into that system in that little 2002. I, it was more than my car.
0: Probably, yeah.
1: Okay, it really wasn't. It was, it was the only brand new car I've ever owned in my life, but... There was no bass in the mix. There was no bass to pick up. And if you actually listen closely to the songs, there really isn't. Yeah. It's not there. You got the guitar, you got the vocal, you got oh, the kick heavy kick drum. Yep. There's no bass, nothing. Weird, right? So, one of their greatest albums of all time, as far as I'm concerned, doesn't have the goddamn bass. Mm-hmm. That out, <clears throat> but moving on. Number eight, the main riff to "Live is," okay, the main riff "To, to Live is to Die." and kind of touched on this earlier was actually written by Cliff Burton as were half of its lyrics huh. uh, Justice of course was Metallica's first full length since the shocking death of a longtime long time member Cliff Burton and the bassist shadow loomed large particularly on the mostly instrumental cut To Live Is To Die the song took his name from one of his favorite phrases and its main riff was his that was when we were writing Master of Puppets. That was one of his extra riffs we didn't have room for, He Phil recalled. It's heavy as fuck, man. Then the build-up. That's his, too. That, that song is actually beautiful. <laughs> I love this song. Uh, number nine, Injustice for All takes its title from an Al Pacino movie. Okay. Uh, in much the same way, Metallica had the core concept for one, then later discovered Johnny got his gun, which inspired them in how they fleshed out the initial idea of the band came to name their fourth album after the 1979 courtroom drama *And Justice for All*, stars okay. Albert Chino as an idealistic attorney wrangling with a corrupt, hypocritical ju- judicial system. A plot that dovetails nicely with the themes of the album, particularly its title track. Sure. Because there's, there's actually a lot of like a political sway mm-hmm. in *Justice for All*. If you actually pay attention to the lyrics, if you're into that kind of thing, like, Correct. listen to the words, like, whatnot. Um, and lastly, in this top ten, James Hetfield came to hate the album.
2: I feel like James Hitchford just hates everything super Okay,
1: his problem with the album was like. <laughs>
2: there's no bass in it, I get it.
1: Well, no, that that actually wasn't his problem. He actually said, like, the pro- his problem with the album was, is like, we were, like, spending too much time, like, showing off, like, showing how great we were.
2: Yeah, instead
1: of actually focusing on. And, right. And it's like, he said, like, his quote was, that was our fancy stage, showing off too much. We knew we had to move on, and the Black album was the opposite. So they thought. <laughs> they thought, right. They were, which. This blows my mind too because, like, you have, ch- like, just one alone is, like, one of their staple songs, like, ever. Mm-hmm. And it's, like, you're being too fancy. But, you know, like, the real guitarists out there and, you know, the real drummers out there are all probably laughing, like, inside right now. It's, okay, it's, like, one scale and it's Lars on drums. We don't talk about Lars
2: drums.
1: Right. <laughs> he who, which we don't speak his name. <laughs> yes.
2: Yes. We don't to talk about him.
1: But it's, a, it's an interesting mind shift, because, I mean, you know, Black was, like, a completely different entity, which obviously came out after, like, mm-hmm. Injustice for All, and, like, after that, you had the Load, the Reload, yep. the um, Garage Days Inc., the Saint Angers, and like, whatnot, so, I mean, their are mm-hmm. like, their actual mm-hmm. personal mindset was, I don't know, almost to, like, move away from the, the thrash roots that they mm-hmm. had I mean, kinda like,
2: That was, like, their last, like, hurrah in the thrash department, so... Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, this was the first album that actually awarded them a Grammy.
2: Probably because of one.
1: They got uh, oh, Metal Performance of the Year awards for this okay. particular album. Sure. Um I mean, Master of Puppets was obviously great, but I mean I I think Injustice for All was the album that really put Metallica on the map. And I can't believe it turned thirty. That's crazy, isn't it? Thirty. 30. But what I, what I'll actually say to that point is, I mean, as far as like longevity and, um, that's what I'm looking for. Like the ability to like hold up in time.
2: Time holding up ability?
1: It, it's time holding up ability. Uh, it, it, it aged well. It aged, you're trying it, to it, it aged super because, I super. mean, I could I still so put in Injustice for All. If I so choose. In fact, if I was actually going to listen to any Metallica, that would probably be the album that I would choose to listen to, because it's very aesthetically aesthetically pleasing I agree. to the ears. And it's
2: in my top Metallica albums. Sure.
1: That being said, that's my mini tribute. Thirty-year anniversary to Justice for All.
2: They're gonna be old. Oh, I mean, you can guess. You can consider them like classic rock at this point, right? That was that line where you don't expect. Well, that's it.
1: that's a that's a. See, that's the, cla- the The classic rock is defined as something different. I I go by age personally. Sure. Because you know, a classic car is anything over, I think, twenty five years old. Is that what it is? I don't know. I read that somewhere. Oh. This is Central Disorder. Track Grave Walker. with today's grab bag we have smash banana album reviews smash banana album reviews i know what anthony's brought for uh, for an album review i did not tell him what i'm gonna album review but i believe he's listened to it so it'll be it'll be cool we'll have some cool conversation but without further ado here's my co-host anthony
2: so we all know that uh from past episodes that i'm a, a large fan of atreyu
1: Never heard that before in my life. No?
2: Weird, right? So weird. Um, Chocolate? So, released uh, last month, October 12th, 2000, uh, 2018, is the In Our Wake album by Atreyu. Their seventh studio album. Now, we all know that uh, Long Live was in, in the heavy department. So we felt like we were going uh, a little bit back in time to their uh, their older stuff, which uh, would have been positive in my mind. Um, and then they released, uh, trio released three singles, uh, a little bit sped apart. Uh, the first one, uh, August 23rd, they released uh, Anger Left Behind, which was the announcement for In Our Wake um which that one's not bad I didn't mind that one it's a little heavy it's a little on the the techno y side but it, it's 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 heavier and then um by September 11th they had their three singles that anger left behind In our awake which is the title track and then uh, the time is now um so I, I'm gonna kind of go through the uh the album and give my, my thoughts on it now when I first heard um our time is now I'm sorry, the time is now That was the last of the three And my uh, my expectations were going down real quick <laughs> it's, it's very uh, mainstream um, A lot of clean Not like super heavy in any way, shape or form So uh, the album came out And uh, I listened to it the first time And I got about halfway through each song And was like, next Next Next, but one of those things you go back a few times, you, you, you jump in, you, you listen, here, you know, over and over again. Now, the album and every song in it is extremely well done. The songs are very good. I'm not taking that away in any way, shape, or form. But the fact that I guess that it's a you is the thing that bothers me a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um... But as as music in general, as pleasing to my ears, um, uh, Brendan, his vocals are like an addiction, and that's what pulls me in. This is goddamn vocals because they're so good. Um, if anyone is aware with of the uh, his um, kind of solo project, Hell or High Water, it's very very taken from that. I feel there's a lot of. Uh, inspiration from that because uh, Brendan's in it a lot more than he would usually be um, a lot of um, melodical like uh, chanting woes and stuff like that um, I'll run through the CD real quick, I'll get my thoughts on each of the songs, um, In Our Wake was actually the first one I heard which is a very good song definitely a radio song um, no issues with it, I, I enjoy the song, it's catchy, it's got an awesome chorus
1: yeah, In Our Wake's pretty good
2: um, second on the, the, uh, album is House of Gold, which my first time listening to, I didn't enjoy all. But, uh, again, it's his vocals, the chorus, the, all the choruses in this entire album are very, very well done. And the, they, they, pull you in every time. Uh, House of Gold's okay. Time, honestly, the, the Time Is Now is probably one of my least favorite. I'm not a big fan of it. I don't know why. I just do not enjoy it myself personally. Something about it. It's just not catchy to me. I don't know, it's if you
1: if you listen to it, there's nothing to it.
2: it it's it's like, kind of boring. I you're guess. not you're
1: not doing anything spectacular drum wise. Right. There's no great guitar licks.
2: And that's it's, another thing. You have Dan Jacobs who's a phenomenal guitarist. I don't even know if he's in this album because I don't hear him.
1: Well he probably played this like while doing like yoga, like Probably he, he was in like the uh, What's the pose like when you have your feet like way up in the air? I don't know. And he still has like his guitar like on his neck and
2: like... (laughs) (laughs) I've never been into yoga. Um, White giver? I don't know. But I do want to point out that um, even the the drum work in this album is very good. It seems to be a lot more, which is weird, but I feel like it's a lot more intense. Like there's a lot more fills. There's probably more double bass in this album than most of the other ones, which is kind of strange. But... Uh, anyway, uh, so number four in the album is Nothing Will Ever Change, which is probably the first and probably the heaviest on the entire album. Uh, it's catchy, it's, it's riffy, it's, uh, it's, I, I actually enjoy it for the most part. Chorus I'm not a big fan of, but everything else in it is actually pretty, pretty okay. Number five, Blind F and Dumb. I think Fred Durst was part of this one. But uh, it, it's it's like hip y It's like some rap action.
1: I took you seriously for a second. I'm like, really? But,
2: <laughs> but uh, <laughs> all in all, it's 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 catchy. Lyrics are a little on the the child's first, you know, lyric book. But not a bad song. All in all, it's catchy. Uh, Terrified is kind of their slow, pretty song. Do we know that kind of thing. Uh, seven is safety pin, which I. It's, it's fine. I'm not... It's it's fine. Three minutes and nine seconds of, of fine. Um, one of my favorite ones, number eight, Into the Open. Uh, very good riff. Awesome chorus. Um, probably my number one on the entire album. It's, it's very, very enjoyable in my mind. Again, Brendan's vocals, I mean, they just kill. Uh, number nine, Paper Castle. Again, vocally, very, uh, very pleasing to the ears. Uh, number 10, no control is okay. It's meh. Um, and number 11, Anger Left Behind, which I believe is one of your, which you actually enjoyed.
1: It was one of the first ones that they released, so mm-hmm. like when, uh, like when, um, In Our Wake like came out, I think Anger Left Behind might have been the second one that they mm-hmm. pre-released. And I'm like, okay, okay. And then they just kept going mm-hmm. with their pre-releases, and I'm like, stop.
2: Um... My only thing is uh, the chorus and Anger Left Behind. I'm, I'm not huge, huge on it. Uh, lastly, the, uh, the last song, number 12, Superhero. It's kind of a cheesy, kind of cutesy... So the song is now, uh, as we know, um as, as you don't know, uh, Brendan had his uh, second child. Oh. Not him, his, his wife. Um.
1: <laughs> Did labor take six minutes and 25 seconds? Because that's what they want yep. us to listen to.
2: Pretty much. Um, so this song is about being a father. Um, it also has Aaron Gillespie, the drummer and clean vocalist of Underoath, and uh, Matt Shadows is in as well. If you, uh, I oh. believe, for a lick or two. Uh, Matt Shadows also being a, a semi-new father as well. Have well, they
1: identified the real father of his child? <laughs> I'm, just, I'm, I'm sorry. Wow, but
2: it's, <laughs> um, the song—it's—it's—it's—it's it's, it's, it's slow. It's cheesy but it, it's it's not bad this album i can put on just kind of like in the car when i have people in there so i'm not completely focused on it but it's i'll, I'll catch myself singing it here and there and as the, oh, as the last thing I'll, i'm gonna give it two ratings here as in a you album out of six i'm gonna have to give it a three i'm gonna give it a three i'll put it right in the middle um, even Led Sail's Paper Anchor was a little lighter, but it, it has a lot of gold in there, which you can pick out. This one, unfortunately, doesn't have anything straight from it. It's all pretty in the same genre department. Um, as an actual album, as music, as production, I would give this a five. I, wow. think, it's, I think it's very well done. Um, all the songs are very enjoyable on their own. It's just a matter of of when you when you're so used to how they were and i get it evolution's a big thing in music And, and sometimes it has to be and i get that
1: i think the hardest part because as also being like a huge fan like of atreyu like when we found out that this album was like coming out i actually remember like the quotes were because this is what atreyu does they put something out and then they go on, like, this crazy hiatus for, like, however long. Like, they all just, like, disappear for, like, five, six, seven years. And then they get back together. And I remember, like, the releases being, like, they, they just all get together and, like, instantly meshed. And, in, like, this is going to be the greatest thing that a you ever put out.
0: Right.
1: So. The hardest part, of like, on my, my side of it was, is, like, greatest thing that who?
2: Right. <laughs>
1: like. I am so happy for them if they're if they're like crazy proud of like their art like it, and and like whatnot. But I mean, I don't know. I know this was
2: tough. It is.
1: This was tough, and it's 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 uh it's very honorable that you kind of gave them the the rating as like a like an album and like as a you <laughs> album because, <laughs> ooh. There is, uh, if 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 you haven't if you haven't seen the solo project, there's a lot of hell or high water in this one. Kind of makes me wonder, like, what his influence is with the writing now. Like, if he's yeah. kind of like maybe winning those conversations. Mhm. agree. But they are terrific.
2: Do you want to know. You can edit the set. I don't care. Their, uh, their lineup for 2018 for their songs. the set list, since we're going to go see them soon. Oh. Doomsday, Right Side of the Bed, Becoming the Bull, Bleeding Mascara, When Two or One. Oh. X's and O's. Oh. Uh, I don't think, I don't think they played When Two
1: or One the last time we were there. No, that's a good one. Oh,
2: that's great. And uh, Let's see. Uh, right side of the bed, the crimson blow, and this is like really weirdly in our wake.
0: No,
1: oh, so it's the a
2: decent set. They have like a few peppered in there, but it's not a full blown.
1: Oh, they're sticking to the classics. Yep. What was the song that they played, like the ultra fast punk version? Uh, X's and O's. Was it X's yeah. and O's? Let's play this super fast. Yeah, I'll never the, forget that. That's pretty awesome. <laughs> like, oh my god! Yeah, that, was, like, ah! that
2: was great. <laughs> Good and show.
1: the uh, the the broad that completely kicked the crap out of yeah, me. she did. I had a perfect spot on the side of that you stage. Did?
2: We gotta make sure we get that spot again.
1: Why? So I get my ass beat again? Yes. Because like you know my totally so, worth it. My, my 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 psyche can only <laughs> take so much.
2: Ah. <sighs> uh, that's sp- that's my album review for you from the mighty Atreum.
1: So I brought it up to you. Like I said, that I'll um, I'll throw in, in and I'll throw an album review in. And I thought it was filling. I, I thought it was fitting, rather, to actually review this album in in wake of uh, the discussion of how uh, Atreyu has kind of maybe evolved like a smidge. So maybe we can. This album came out in 2018 as well. Uh, Bullet for my Valentine. Ah. Early in the summer? I believe this was a June 29th ninth release. And we haven't had we haven't had an episode to actually really talk about albums. Mm-hmm. So I fig- I figured one of two things was going to happen: we were either going to talk about this album or like there was going to be another artist evolution. Uh, segment and I was gonna like bring this up, but you know what? I I I figured uh, June twenty two thousand and eighteen, the uh, the release of Gravity from Bullet for my Valentine was actually worth uh was worth talking about. So there's a lot of differences in this album compared to anything else that they've right. actually put out. Like one, the electronica.
2: So well, the last album was very heavy. Compared to like Temper Temper and any of those, yes, it was very very heavy. I'm not that I'm mad, but so we. Uh...
1: So it's it, it was it was definitely different. Like when it when they came out, like when I first when I heard the first couple of like, I believe Over It was the first song yep. that like got that released one's good. Uh, released from them, mo- and it was a good track. Mm-hmm. And what I noticed from Over It was like kind of like the vocal direction. Like his vocal direction was like a little bit different.
2: Mm-hmm. This is some scream action like, in there, and I mean—well, it's
1: weird because it's not necessarily scream, but it's not necessarily clean right. either. Like he's kind of got like that—a
2: like growliness to it. I almost want to put—I'm
1: going to say this term loosely—like kind of like a skateboard punk vibe to it. Sure. So, like there's a, there's like a lot of emotion behind it. Like I'm not necessarily singing singing like clean, but I'm not necessarily singing like like you know like the there's no there's not as much metalcore scream in this sure. as you're going to find. No. like and. But what you are gonna find is like every almost every single song starts with like this like electronic like kind of like intro kind of thing, which never existed prior to, "What Bullet for My Valentine," because the Bullet for My Valentine guys used to rely on the fact that their two guitarists are insane.
2: Mm-hmm. Well, him and their guitarist yeah. Yeah, Matt Tuck and I don't remember his name, but yeah, like,
1: like bo- both guitar roles. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and they both carry. Yeah, they
2: always played each other off. And. So,
1: like, all of their st- like all of their effects, quote-unquote, would usually come from the fact that one can pull a harmonic while the other's pulling a riff sure. and, like, blow, yep. blah, 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 and they would kind of play off of that. And Gravity is, like, the first time that I've ever heard anything with, like, outside production, like, whether, like, you know, the, electri- like, the synth or, I-, I mean, I don't... And there's a lot. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of it.
2: a lot going on. The very full songs, for sure.
1: So, this is this is one of those albums. Like you kind of you kind of give it a listen, and like if you if you're listening as like a previous bullet for my Valentine fan, which in my personal opinion, there's been a lot of bullet for my Valentine albums that like you you either have like a home run, oh
2: yeah, it, I agree, and then
1: you have like one that has like scream aim fire
2: had a few, but that's about had it had
1: a few, but it wasn't I a talking. great album. Um,
2: waking the demon. That's a good song.
1: We demon. That's a good song. Um, <laughs> uh, your betrayal. See, my 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 facts are gonna get screwed up, so I'm not gonna I'm not gonna doubt Fever. But
2: F- fever was after uh, Scream Aim, Fire.
1: There's a there's a there's a there's a bunch of albums out there. Like 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 we just said, Scream Aim, Fire.
2: Yeah. because Pretty in the Ice out. uh Your Betrayal is right. off of Fever. Which that album was? Eh, they had a few. That was
1: half and half too. Right. Like that that was the thing. Like they they Temper Temper Temp- Temp- like Temp- Temp- was garbage.
2: And then Venom came out.
1: I like a couple of tracks out of
2: Temper Temper. Temper Temper. Temp- 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 the P O W. Right.
1: P O W is a great song. Um,
2: they do have the cover of Whole Lot of Rosie, which is very very well done.
1: So. There's um. So. I've actually noticed like a lot of comments on like the Gra- the Gravity album and whatnot. Like obviously in you know, an age of uh, Octane and whatnot. If I was gonna give you like an overall, "Bullet for My Valentine" became Octane Radio. So if anybody actually has satellite radio and like Octane out there, you know exactly what I'm talking about because like all of this stuff like sounds exactly the same. And there's there's maybe like some unrest with like the, the differences in like the sound and like whatnot. And I don't know. I, for some reason, I, I listened to this album with like with like a lot of open mindedness, I guess. And I kind of noticed like a little bit of the difference and like maybe a smidge of growth. Like, I don't think it's their best, I don't think it's their best like, like guitar rift album. Like, I don't think like necessarily the guitarists are like putting out there, but. It blends well. It's nice. It's very pleasing. Like it works.
2: They have a whole new drummer too.
1: New drummer, which kind of sucks because I was I'm a big fan of their. Uh, I know you were
2: their original uh, Michael Thomas.
1: So I mean, I wonder if that had like a little bit like of uh, like a little bit of input with with like the new stuff. The uh, the only thing that really throws me off, I mean, is like literally like the the fact that they never had to really rely on the synth and the electronics and like whatnot and this album is like there's a lot
2: you know though is it's still heavy though it is like, like they got the mad chugs in there and and it fills out very well
1: there's there's one song in this album i i am I'm, I'm not gonna go track for track for this one but there's there's one song in this album that completely pissed me off
2: is it the radioactive cover
1: yes i <laughs> yes. That bit my craw like something fierce.
2: Bit your craw? <laughs> bit my like, craw. I don't think I've ever heard that before.
1: Rip my craw, touch my craw. I don't know what it like, did to my craw. Whatever you do
2: with your craw, just leave it alone.
1: But I was not happy with the bullet for my Valentine version of radioactive. It's
2: not very great, I guess.
1: Well. Maybe the problem is if I ever went to a bullet for my Valentine concert and I actually saw said cover of Radioactive, I I don't know how I'd react. Because, I don't know, you know, you pay good money for these concert tickets. It's not like you're just going to, like, up and leave. But I'd be like, no, I'd probably cross my arms and just be angry right. at it. And you know what? I don't even mind the song
2: Radioactive,
1: hmm. but I don't need bullet for my Valentine I agree. covering I agree, Radioactive.
2: Yeah. And they didn't do anything special with it's, it. It's basically the same song with a little extra oomph. So and
1: they pretty much took their dude that's doing all their
2: electronica for them,
1: and they played radioactive. And then just sang with, over it, right? Like it's not like back in the day, like when they like did their mix on like Master of Puppets. Like that
2: was cool. That was Trivium.
1: Oh wait, shit! Oh, no, no, both of my val- Valentine cover of Metallica. So. It, was, it might not have been Master of Puppets. Hold
2: on. Master of Puppets was trivial. You're right. Uh, they did, oh, no. They did do Metallica. They did a Welcome Home Sanitarium. Welcome. Thank you. Uh, that's what it <laughs> was. As soon as you I was close. Right. You Master of mean?
1: Puppets. I was close. Same. same yeah. All right. Sanitarium. Yes. You,
2: that's a really good cover, though.
1: That was a great cover. They didn't do anything. No With radioactive If you want to make a metal version of radioactive Make a metal version of radioactive Who better to make a fucking metal version of radioactive Than goddamn Bullet from my fucking Valentine Right And what did they do? Drop the ball Same thing Nothing Ball That's my
2: issue That's one of my peeves Is when you cover a song I mean you gotta put a little bit of your flair on You can't just do the same song
1: you have to, especially when you're gonna put it on the like a special edition of your album. Right, yeah. You, you want to have to, you have want to make people want it. Yeah. Have no, I to. Agree. But if I was grading this album, if I was gonna smash some fucking banana on this album
2: with your banana hammer,
1: with my banana hammer, I'm gonna kind of go back like
2: banana, banana on previous episodes
1: when we were talking about a uh, parkway drive. And I remember Parkway Drive did something different. It did. And you know what? I saw Parkway Drive play that different live.
2: Transitioned quite well.
1: Oh, God, it was gorgeous. And, you know, I applauded Parkway Drive for what they did with that album because it was fucking neat.
2: I agree. Twofold.
1: Kind of going this way with the Bullet for My Valentine album. Because you know what? It's it's pretty aesthetically pleasing.
2: I also agree with you.
1: Now, if I was giving it a rating, it's not quite—it's not quite banana bread yet. I'm thinking like a four. That's fair. I'm thinking like a four for Gravity for Bullet for My Valentine. But it's not as bad as the critics are telling you guys. So if you're listening to your friends and you're listening to the critics, you have to learn—you have to learn the uh, the stages of evolution.
2: And uh, I'll throw this out there as well, and it was the same with the Atreya album for me. One of those things, you listen to it once and you blow it off, and then shame on you because sometimes you got to give it a few tries for it to really kick in. I mean, that's that's my opinion on it. When I first heard the Atreya album, I wanted nothing to do with it. But I've listened to it a few times, and I'm like, okay, I can get on board with this.
1: You know, how many times have you heard have you, have you heard like somebody make the comment and it's like, oh, like, let me bring up an example, because this was another album I was actually considering, but I haven't gotten through it yet. Disturbed. Mm-hmm. How many people have ever listened to a new new Disturbed album, and the exact comment that comes out of their mouth? Sounds no, Disturbed. Sounds exactly <laughs> like Disturbed. Sounds exactly like this. Sounds exactly like this. So, what do you like? What do people want from right. these groups? So, like, right. they finally actually do like a little bit of like evolution mm-hmm. and like whatnot. They evolve like a little bit. It's like. <laughs> <laughs> you have to appreciate the fact that like there is evolution and that's why i said like both of my valentine i mean i could probably very easily kind of go like over like an evolution like segment like with them like starting from like yeah. day one to like now but we'll save that for future because who knows they might do something else true and it might be completely off the wall
0: yeah
1: and then i can really evolve the shit out of them I got Two great albums, though.
2: Yeah, no. I'm...
1: By great, I mean worth a listen to, yeah. and like form an opinion of yourself, and don't listen to your peers. And
2: like e- what, like what you like. And so email to and, others.
1: And email us if you want to tell us how stupid and dumb we are.
2: I like that. I got a girlfriend at home that tells me that every day.
1: It's so stupid.
0: <sighs>
1: I got a girlfriend. that's was like, well, my hobbies make me money. Shut up. <sighs> www.patreon.com forward slash HMOA number 6 P-A-C-K
2: case you didn't know
1: $25 donation will get you on a segment of the show
2: $25 donation you made me pay 50 what the fuck's up with that
1: give you a shirt later fine with that being said this is sounds with Disorder into the night Heavy metal over a six-pack live studio line. All right, now joining us on the uh, heavy metal over a six-pack telephone studio line, we actually have uh, Rob Dito and Mike Maskey from the band Central Disorder. These guys are from the Chicago, Illinois area suburbs. The Chicago, the southern suburbs. Thank there you. you I know. I just asked. Close
2: <laughs> <laughs> <Well, that's> enough. <laughs>
1: Uh, oh, yeah. We are actually celebrating the release of uh, Central Disorders' uh, latest Eradic- album, Eradication, that came out September 25th. This uh, this whole episode has been featuring uh, tracks from the Eradication album. And uh, gentlemen, thank you for joining us and like uh, taking a couple minutes with us.
0: Thanks for yeah, having me. No problem, problem man.
1: For- okay. Thanks so- for
4: digging the album.
1: <laughs> oh, absolutely. So the first question that I'm actually going to ask you and. Part in that. Um, the first question I'm actually going to ask is, has that probably nothing to do with any of the tracks, any music, because <laughs> what happened was like um, when I was going through like my run-throughs, I started from like track one. I actually want to talk about this intro track, the descent. Oh yeah. Um, can you? So. I know a lot of times like music is like actually meant to be like in interpretation and and like how like the listener actually sees but what i would actually like you to do for us like right out of the gate is paint the picture of what this poor girl is going through in this intro track because yeah let's start there
4: well i uh i wrote the the story for it and uh our, our sound engineer Joel created a fantastic soundscape and all of the sound effects. And then we also had our friend Cecilia, who's a voice. Yeah, teacher. she's a uh, Cecilia Negron.
5: Of uh, she's ex vocalist for my other band, uh, Vicious Attack. Oh
0: no kidding.
5: So huh. she uh, she's going specifically to school to do all this. So it's, it's pretty amazing it that she very, was able to help well herself. She's, well she's a
1: very
4: lovely-sounding young lady. <laughs> yeah. so she lent her her voice to this, and basically, <clears throat> I feel it sets the uh, <clears throat> sets the backdrop for the album. It's uh, you know kind of end of the, the the shit has hit the fan. Uh, it it's full full blown. Uh, Eradication, end of the world, and uh, she's going through. She has uh, seen some things, and I feel it, it sets up the album to explain how it got there. All right. I
1: mean, when I when I actually yeah. first when I first heard that, like I always go to like the like the live element. I can just actually picture like a whole like concert scene like being set up with this like lights like flickering in, like random places and you know like fog oh, yeah. and shit like it being poured in. Like I'm I, unfortunately I haven't had the pleasure of uh, being in the Chicago area and seeing you guys, but um, I could just imagine like how like that actually like starts out a set. Like that's like it just it just makes you want to like run through a wall like. <laughs>
2: That's a
5: weird
2: way to
5: put that, oh. but okay. <laughs> like, excitedly, that's what I'm talking about. Never run through a wall in excitement, but that's cool. But Oh yeah, <laughs> uh, with the intro track, it's like, uh, it sets you up, obviously, for the album, and it creates the soundscape to know exactly, more or less, what's about to happen, but I feel like it also leaves a lot of imp- interpretation. Like, you don't know exactly what caused it, you don't know what's happening, it just leaves you to think all right well, well what the hell is going on you
2: know little metal okay i like that
1: yeah that's totally awesome because like you know i'm a i'm a, I'm a story romantic like I, I i love i love stuff like this like the setup and like the the, the build-up and whatnot but let's get to the actual music like talk to us about this album like what 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 was it like I was going through you guys' bio. It looks like you guys have like a like a hiatus for like a couple of years. I mean,
4: just uh well so I used to be the drummer and we restructured the band in two thousand twelve where I became the singer. And we had our guitarist Garrick, our lead guitarist now, he was our bass player. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so. In, in 2014, we restructured again, and Derek wanted to switch to guitar, so he took over guitar duty. I, I was still singing. We got this amazing drummer, Bobby, who's just out of this world. He's a kid. He's 19 years old. Jesus, He's very good. He, very good. He's unbelievable. I, I just My mouth just hangs open when I watch him, and... <laughs> We got our bass player, Aaron, who uh, was actually in another band we had played with that he saw us. He was a guitar player, and he said he wanted to play bass for us because he liked us a lot. And uh, then we brought in Mike here, who's been our friend for many years and finally has an opportunity to play guitar for us. And we, we just couldn't be happier. We started writing uh, me and Derek started writing this album in 2014, and uh, yeah, I, it it turned out better than we could have hoped.
1: 2014. So this uh, the the writing for this album is actually four years in the <coughs> making. So huh?
4: well, we finally finally tied it all up this year. Hmm.
1: Uh, that's fantastic. No. Is this is this self-produced by you guys like I noticed uh, there wasn't any um label uh, yeah we
4: us, us and our sound engineer who if we were stuck on something we would just ask him what do you think and he would give us his his thought and we'd make a decision based on that but we we
2: did everything so it was very well done for sure
4: thanks.
1: Now, kind of going back to like like how the intro track is—is is there an overall like uh, theme to to the album? Like, would you guys say that like there's a uh, like a like a me- either a message, a story? Like, like what what were, what were you guys like going for when you when you wrote Eradication? Uh,
4: just I mean nothing—nothing nothing that I want anybody to like take out specifically because I I want people to. To take their whatever they want out of it, uh, but I mean, the, the inspiration for the music for the lyrics uh, came out of you know everything going on, whether it's been in my life or uh, you know just turning on the news for ten minutes and just being terribly depressed all a <laughs> sudden. <laughs> You're you just like, Holy crap. I'm gonna turn this back off now.
2: <laughs> no thank you.
4: You know, just over the last few years of how everything has just gone cuckoo bananas. Uh but, you know, I, I do want everybody to take away whatever they want out of it. Uh, as far as music goes, I know what I was going through when I wrote the song and uh, I have my own uh, feelings about them, but if somebody gets something else out of it,
1: that's that's up. Absolutely. So I was actually I was kind of going through like I was I was going through you guys' uh, bio on like a uh, your, your social medias. Uh, you you have a pretty impressive uh, list of uh, of bands that you guys have been able to I've had the opportunity to actually open for. I guess my um yeah. My 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 question would be what in you guys' opinion, what what has been the most fun show that you've got to play? Like who's the who's the best group that you have opened for and like that you maybe been able to uh, meet and like kinda like collaborate. With? Uh
4: the best show we played uh was before Mike but it was uh we played at this club and we <laughs> opened for all that race nice. and soil and that place was packed that place was packed and that was a lot of fun Um, but i mean we just had our cd release show and that that was fantastic that you know all of our friends came out our uh our family uh you know we just celebrated the release of this album all the hard work we put into it that was that was right up there um in terms of incredible incredible show
0: experiences.
1: Uh, and, and congratulations on having a CD, a CD release show, bro. Right.
0: <laughs>
1: All that remains, did
4: you guys actually get to meet Ollie? Uh, we did not get to meet the band uh, on that show. Uh, we were they didn't want anybody
1: back. They you were know? like, "Okay, once you got playing, get out the door," you know. Yeah, yeah, I got okay. I, I got you. I just I, we we just asked because obviously with the uh with the with the oh, sudden, yeah. with the sudden passing of Ollie, like the something we've uh, we spoke on the show and mm-hmm. uh, yeah. You guys are welcome. I know all that remains came from uh from our area. So
4: Yeah. <laughs> absolutely,
0: absolutely.
4: Uh, I did this was long ago. We uh we opened for exit. 10 years ago and uh we were there early in the morning when they were doing their sound check and Gary Holtz stays doing a sound check with nobody and uh we actually met Tom Hunting the drummer uh that was, that was cool awesome
1: how big was that guy's legs because like it, in order to like do the double kick though like the
4: the the x uh, like, he's, <laughs> he's a skinny guy is, that is, is how it works
2: <laughs> it's
1: it's how it works out though isn't it oh yeah so i mean i'll give you guys a lot of credit for like having like a very like unique sound like what 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 would you say like band-wise like what, what do you guys or even individually like between uh uh both of yourselves, Rob and Mike. Like, what, what, what do you guys consider as in, uh, like influences for like writing your music?
4: Well, for me, I'm you know '80s thrash metal for me. You know, uh, Metallica is my my favorite band, and all that. But you know, I love Guns N' Roses. I love all the alternative stuff in the '90s. You know, I'm a huge Queen fan, so I just I take all these all these various things I hear. Sometimes I'll hear something in a song, like whether, whether it's even a vocal rhythm or a vocal style, you know? And I'll be like, oh, that'd be cool to try out in a song. And, I'll try it out. Sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. But, uh, you know, Metallica, plastic rock, all that, uh, Amon of Marth, I'm huge on of, of Mars
2: I was gonna say, I can uh, I can hear the influence with the Amon of Marth in, your, in the, the whole album.
4: Absolutely.
5: Uh, uh, Johan Egg is, is fantastic. What a guy. And uh, obviously, Brandy uh, Blythe from Flame of God. I hear Literally. that. Lance. I said that too, yeah. So, Mike? Yeah. So, uh, obviously, uh, Liz Rob was saying earlier, I was uh, brought into the band not too long ago. I've been in the band for a a little bit more than a year now. So the actual sound of the album, all the credit goes to our other guitar player, Derek, who composed pretty much the entire album. I was brought in and was taught a lot of these songs and was thrown into the studio almost immediately. So his influences are probably more a lot of metal core, deathcore, uh just, you know, kind of that sound. And uh They're
4: big my, on Fear factory.
5: Yeah, Fear Factory, Whitechapel, uh within the room, I believe. Black Dahlia murder. Uh in Flames, you know, just a lot of the a lot of the newer stuff as well. And with me, uh, when I started playing guitar, I was also brought into a lot of the newer stuff. Um, so I guess uh, Children of Bodom, uh, Black Dahlia Murder, Amon Amarth, just a, a lot of newer stuff. And then uh, when I joined my other band, uh, which is a thrash metal band, I got introduced to a lot of new thrash. You know, uh, like I, Final Remains, Demolition Hammer, Havoc. You know, just a lot, a lot of really awesome bands and uh so i guess my my influences are very very vast but uh my guitar's on the album unfortunately uh you'll have to wait till the next one to hear my influence (laughs) yeah mike mike will be
4: right for the next album
1: well we can't wait we can't wait for that Mike. right for sure i mean from what from what we've heard so far it's all up and up and up Mm mm-hmm Oh yeah. The next question I would ask for you and and I guess I guess Rob, since Mike has only been around for about a year or so, you might have to answer this one. What's this award that has that's associated with Alice and Chains? Like in the studio Alice and Chains, what 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 is this all about? <laughs>
4: uh, this was a long time ago. It was two thousand nine. Um We were was my stage was still going. Um, so we, we had gotten a message from this guy who had heard our stuff that we were emailing. And it was like an Alice Chain kind of semi, like, like a mini biography of one of their albums. Uh, like the behind the story of the album or whatever the hell. Okay. It, but it was done, it ended up, it wasn't done by Alice in Chains. It was done by, like, somebody else about Alice's game, but still fine. Um, And there was a CD sampler on the back of the book, uh, and we got added to the CD sampler after we released our first
2: album. That's cool, though. I mean, hey. Yeah. I mean, take it while you can, I guess. Yeah.
4: So he gave us each a copy of the book of the release and all that. And, uh, yeah, nice, that, that's awesome. You know.
1: So tell us about your area, cause like we're uh, we're we're ignorant New Englanders. Yeah, like uh, what's, what's in the corner? What's the uh, <laughs> what's the uh, what's the Chicago metal scene like?
4: It is fucking exploding. It it has so many amazing bands in it right now. Uh we've been a part of it for so long and this is the best it's ever been. This is absolutely incredible. Everybody's working together, just cross promote shows. Uh all the bands are going to each other's shows. It's really cool. It's really cool to be a part of. It.
1: Oh that's, a, that's that's the awesome. best. So if um like when I fly out to Chicago, like what what are the venues that I have to hit
4: up? Uh the Forge and Joliet. Um, Reggie's in Chicago Cover Lounge Cover Lounge Cover Lounge in Chicago uh, uh, Freak Top Fuel Saloon Depending on the night um, In Braidwood That's south of the city uh, Livewire on the north side of the city There's, there's all kinds there's of things All of over Yeah, there's there's a ton And it's really cool that's awesome. Yeah, you'd be uh you'd be hard pressed to not
5: find a show basically yeah, on a weekly basis.
4: And then their, their shows her. on Tuesdays. They have metal shows Tuesdays, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday night. You can find a, a really good metal show almost every single week.
1: Hell yeah. So what's coming up for you guys? Like what do you guys have on your schedule? <laughs>
4: uh next week, on uh, next Friday and Saturday. We will be playing uh, Friday. We'll be in in the city of Chicago, on the north side at the Live wire Lounge. Um, and then the very next day, we'll be out in the western Western suburbs, kind of like the, uh, we'd be in DeKalb, Illinois, just more central, like west, way west of the city. All
1: right, so I'm doing my uh, I'm doing my mental calendar. That would be the the 17th and 18th. 16th, 17th? 16th, 17th, okay. Alright, yeah. that's, a, that's a better mental well, Friday, Saturday,
4: yeah, Friday. The 16th and 17th. Um, and, uh, yeah, we're going to be playing at a, at a place we have never played before, so we're excited about that. Uh, new venue, uh, so out- are it, where it's at? Yeah. But then we got uh, December 1st, we're at Freak Top Fuel Saloon with a whole bunch of bands doing a choice of top. Uh, show and then uh, we had a show December 15th in the city and that just got canceled uh, the date the gate, date got taken there was, there was a, a mix up or something but um, yeah, yeah yeah mix ups yeah then December 29th we're up in the northern suburbs of Chicago and then we have a show on Valentine's Day fancy
2: that
4: hopefully by the time uh this gets on the air we'll have the contract all signed and all that so i don't feel bad about saying it but we're gonna open for soulfly and cataclysm nice fuck yeah
1: so being valentine's day their girlfriends are obviously
5: like very supportive Right. <laughs> yeah, I was pretty afraid myself. I'm like,
2: ooh.
1: You know,
5: there's Luckily, always. Luckily, it was all good. There was always the weekend before or the weekend after. That's
1: yeah. Just, that's what I do. I
2: don't even fight the
1: crowds. <laughs> oh yeah. So when's the
5: world tour? When are you guys coming to New England? Well, you know that'd be fantastic. That'd be fantastic. <laughs> Unfortunately, with doing everything DIY. It's kind of like when you're you're basically fishing to the who's who you're going to be working with in places that you've never been, or you know you have no references, no people. It's kind of difficult to set up a tour, especially when you don't know like which promoter is going to be like shifty or oh, absolutely. you
2: know.
1: It's it's hard to it's hard to find like the right the right management to get out, especially when you're. Just starting to get yeah. to get out, kind of a thing, you know. Like the 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 re, that's why that's what happens with like with like a lot of the guys that we, we talk to, they get stuck in like the regional area. Like we know oh, yeah. guys out of like the Providence, Rhode Island area. <laughs> that like they 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 do everything in the Providence, Rhode Island area. Like you know we we've, we've talked to all kinds of different groups that kind of like the same situation.
0: Yeah. Oh yeah, and
5: then it's like. I-
4: no, I was That's just gonna good. say. So I tried to uh, set up a tour, cold calling bars and stuff, and I mean that that got me nowhere. It was it was damn near possible. We ended up playing one show out in Ohio, um, and the guy did put us up for the night, luckily. Um, so that was nice, but uh, you know, definitely not worth it. Or uh, it wasn't promoted. It, it was it was. Just a lot of problems. So, doing it, doing it, just cold calling bars is, is you know, hard,
2: hard to do. I'm sure. Yeah. The
4: uh,
1: last question I would ask guys. I mean, for for our listeners. I mean, obviously, like we're, we're 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 New Englanders out here, and like we're New England based, but like we're we're broadcasted everywhere. What what's the What's the best avenue to find you? Like, what do you guys prefer that like people like come find you? Like, whether it be a website, Spotify, iTunes, uh, Facebook. Like, what, what, what's the best
4: way to find you? Well, Facebook. We're we're very active on our Facebook. Uh, we have a new Instagram. We've been using like crazy. Um, uh, we have a for social fans. media. Those are probably the
5: two best for social media: is Facebook we and Instagram. A- a band camp
4: site we just set up, so that's centraldisorder.bandcamp.com you can buy copies of our album or digital copies of our album and you can buy t-shirts yeah
5: we're also on all the streaming websites like Spotify, iTunes, all that good stuff
1: alright, right right on, right on so if I get a if I get a tour set up in the Massachusetts area, like I have a really nice basement that we can set like all kinds <laughs> of uh, oh, sleeping bags up. You guys, you guys would be in. Party. I, I'd be down. I'd be down. For sure. All right, the the girlfriends are okay with that too. I know you you guys are already taking it for like Valentine's Day. I don't want to like push it.
4: That's right. Exactly. That's, that's right. the goal,
1: gentlemen. Thank you for taking like a couple time like a, a couple minutes out of your evening to actually like uh, hang out and like talk to us. It's always awesome when like our listeners get to uh, hear from the, the artists themselves. Uh, you are our featured okay. artist for like today's episode. Uh, yeah, thank you. Thank you so much for the time. It was thank like awesome hanging out and like do, keep doing what you're doing because you know what the album is great. Awesome. Like it's it's been like an instant add to like my like my Spotify playlist. Yeah, and same here. I, I think it, yeah, Anthony's too. So I mean absolutely killer like we we, we appreciate it and so much so much and if you guys are committing very, to it like i'm not awesome. i'm not kidding like you guys can like bunk up in my basement like we'll 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 find like a tour like we'll, we'll, we'll we got right. di- we got dive bars and locations like all around massachusetts that i can like flaunt you guys at so we'll make that happen all right you-
5: You've already offered us more yeah. than most of the promoters out here, so
1: correct. Yeah, we'll start. absolutely, absolutely. You see, that means a lot to me. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
4: okay, guys. Well, you know, we we definitely uh, will stay in touch with you guys.
1: Oh, absolutely, sure. keep, and keep us updated on anything like you do the that, that you know any any other updates, any other like product that like comes out because like well, we're, we're gonna link you to like everything that like we we do on our end, so.
4: And if you guys are in Chicago, hit us up by all means. Uh, you know I will. Oh,
1: definitely. How's your basement look? Hell yeah. we'll show you around. <laughs>
4: okay. Well, we'll show you the best places
1: to eat. Absolutely. Perfect. All right. Good deal. Guys, thank you very much again for spending the time with us, and uh, we'll, we'll we'll talk to you soon.
4: Great. Right, thank you so much.
1: Right.
5: Take, it easy. Take it easy, guys.
2: Good. Thank you.
0: <laughs> this is a heavy
1: metal over beer review. All right, with with uh awesome times had by all. With that being said, we are actually going to go into our beer, beer review. So I'll start.
0: Start
2: away.
1: Okay, so I know it's we're well into November now, but my uh, my quest for Oktoberfest is not ended. Uh, this one actually came from Germany. I finally found the location dink- in my dink- in my dink- region. Dink- so, dink- the Dinkel Acker Oktoberfest f- October Beer Marzan.
2: I feel like that sounds better with a German accent.
1: Well, I don't You have just a... sound like you
2: went to the doctor. Well, your, your we, we talked about
1: like... this earlier. Like, I don't have an like, English plain. accent, I don't have a German accent. Like, everything. The only accent I do is Indian. And I don't want to offend anybody. That's fair. But, I found this Dinkel Acker Oktoberfest Beer Marzan. Uh, this was actually imported from from Germany, so I I mean, one of those words <laughs> that I've already said is actually the uh, producer and uh, brewer of this beer. And so I've been talking about a lot of, like a lot of American like Oktoberfest, like when it comes to, like the Latin Kugels, the uh, Sierra Nevadas, the uh, uh, Wormtown. I believe I I I already did. Call me bias. I just love Oktoberfest. This one, it's right up there. Okay. If you can actually find this, this Dinkelacker Oktoberfest beer Marzan, as a CD and like some some shit, go to and, Instagram. And,
2: uh, Saint Pauli lookalike. Yeah, it kind of looks like the same. Po- it does, she <laughs> does good look, good look like point, the Saint right?
1: Pauli girl. Like she's got like the. She tight only got one beer. She doesn't have she, two. She's got boots for days, and red hair. And it, it says imported from Germany. I mean, this is what comes from Germany, right? Yes. Like right here. I took a picture of the can, and I put it on uh, Instagram. So go to uh, at HMOA number six P-A-C-K. And on Instagram, and you can see the can. Uh, yeah, for Oktoberfest. This is a five out of six. I'm in. I'm in.
2: Boom. Yeah. <laughs> oh, shit. For that. Move. I uh, I went with a pinter. <laughs> A pinter, sure Uh should 1.6 fluid ounces to be exact. Uh, from our wonderful Boston, Massachusetts, and Windsor, Vermont, Clown Shoes Brewing Company. Uh, this is one of their uh, fancy dancy ones. It is a pecan, sorry, pecan, or pecan, I think you are. Pie Porter. What's a date? 2018.
1: It doesn't taste like pecan. No,
2: it does not. But it does have the picture of a samurai barrel rolling with clown shoes in a river with turkeys also barrel rolling at the same time. Which, if that doesn't sell shit, I'm not sure what does. Anyway, I got this, I figure. We have uh, the giving of thanks creeping up unexpectedly. I figured Pecan Pie Porter would be the way to go. Unfortunately, the fine print on the bottom says aged in a bourbon barrel, mm-hmm. which at that point is kind of you know if you like fire, that's that's your thing, I guess. Um, to be honest with you, it it tastes like every other bourbon barrel. I don't I don't I got no pecan at all. It's it's just the fire. So unfortunately, I mean I drank it, which you know whatever.
1: Well, it cost you like sixteen dollars for. Like Thirteen fifty. For <laughs> could
2: got a six pack.
1: For 40 40 ounces of beer. For the,
2: uh... Yeah, my 10.5... Becomes a war of attrition at that point. And 100% bourbon barreled. But, uh, honestly... uh, I mean, I've had a lot of bourbon barrel ones. This is the better of them. It wasn't that bad. Um, I'd probably give it three and a half. Because it's acceptable.
1: Alright, alright. Acceptability. Yeah. You know what, you guys... Misleading
2: on the pecan pot.
1: Like, email us, like... I don't, I don't understand the 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 bourbon barrel aged beer, or the uh, the scotch aged barrel, or the tequila barrel, or anything else. Like, I, I don't understand these beers. Like, they just, for the most part, they taste like asshole. And I drink I, a lot I, of beer.
2: I can't judge the. You know, the flavor that I have to really follow you on that one, but I will just say yes. This is the asshole.
1: It just just tastes like asshole.
2: that's your thing. But. Ah, I get it, but. But. (laughs) Ah! (laughs) We dig this. Heavy metal over
0: six pack. Now, we'll
2: All right, so uh we're trying something a little different here. We uh, we get a lot of uh, album releases coming out soon, just in general. figure once a month, maybe twice a month, we'll, uh, we'll throw up the uh, albums that are coming out for anyone uh, who knows of the bands here, anyone who doesn't know, and uh, they'll, they'll uh, be able to find the ones that pop up to them. I'm going to run through uh, between November 9th and November 16th, the two months, I'm sorry, the two dates I will... Uh, throw up here for any album releases coming out Uh, for November 9th we have Ace of Cups which the album is Ace of Cups Uh, Alien Sex Fiend The Possessed Uh, The Mighty All That Remains Victim of the New Disease will be released as well Uh, The Architects Holy Hell Blaze Bailey December Wind Uh, Burning Witches Hexen Hammer Cold Night for Alligators Fervor, Fervor, I guess. Uh, Flat Earth, None for One. Four-Stroke Baron, The Planet Silver Screen. Uh, Greenleaf, Hear the Rivers. J. Mascus, Elastic Days. (laughs) That's like a long day because you can stretch it. I don't know. Bendy-Bendy. Yeah. Uh, Jethro Tull, This Was the 50th Anniversary Edition.
1: Did you say what? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
2: Jimmy Hendrix Experience, uh, Electric Lady in another 50, uh, 50th anniversary box set. Uh, the Imagining of Dragons, their Origins album will be released. Uh, Lucifer's Child, The Order. Uh, the Muse, Simulation Theory. Nordic Union, Second Coming. Psychroptic, maybe that's how you say that? Uh, As the Kingdom Drowns. No, I'm not sure how to say this one. But I'm going to go with Schweps, which is S-H-V-P-E-S. There's no const- or syllable between there. Uh, the Greater Than. Uh, Stephen Percy. That beautiful. going to be thrill. killer. Uh, ten. Illuminati. Unhold. Here is the Blood. And Vona, which they're self-titled Vona. For our November 16 listing, which is quite just as long, which is weird that this is, like, everyone releases the same day. Maybe it's an actual...
1: Like a release date?
2: Yeah, like they actually have to do it. Like, like video games are always released on Tuesdays. It's kind of one of those things.
0: Uh-huh.
2: Anyway, for the 16th of November, we have Alex Corner, Every Day I Have the Blues, the 60s Anthology. See, I think albums are Fridays. So. Yep. Uh, Amgala, Temple, Invisible Airships gonna fuck this so I apologize. Aneke van Geerbergen, uh, symphon- symphonized. Amona Marth has their, the uh, pursuit of vikings which fun fact they actually are gonna be releasing a uh, documentary video soon or a movie all about the the Amonomarth and um, next up we have the Brothers of Metal Prophecy of Ragnarok Chris Cornell and Artist Legacy so I'm gonna assume it's some kinda of almost like a collaboration of different songs, maybe some of sure, the unreleased sure, sure. stuff I'm I'm gonna assume. Uh Chrome Division, uh, one last ride. Elviette Slania oh. Uh Fleetwood back That changed. Uh fifty years no stop, another anniversary set, which they actually replaced. But uh it's
1: called from the l Lubietti to it's yeah,
2: we weird, right? It's it's all in alphabetical order. All right. Uh, and yes. uh, for for, for okay, this okay. is from louder sound. This is their their list. So uh, I'll plug that in there. Um, Funeral chick superstition. Jean Michel Jarre. Equinox Infinity. Jonestown. Jesus here. Giant love, I guess, or die. Giant Love. No, <laughs> oh, no, it's D Y A T L O V. They call a lot
1: of things with it.
2: <laughs> this is new. So Jonestown is releasing Diet Diet Love. Probably not English. Uh, November 16th as well. M- Memphis May Fire releases their broken album. Yes. Uh, Nita Strauss Controlled Chaos. Now this is an interesting one. P O D. Ooh. Circles.
1: Oh. Like a
2: like an actual album. Evidently. Ooh. Portrayal uh, of Guilt, Let Pain Be Your Guide. The Rolling Stones has a uh, beggar's banquet, another 50th anniversary. That's pathetic. It should be like 130th anniversary at this point. Um, moving on, Sigh. Hair to Despair. Legist, or Legist, not sure which one you, you prefer or how it's actually said. Uh, introvert. The Tangent Proxy. The Smashing Pumpkins, Shiny and Oh So Bright Volume 1. So they're going to have, a evidently, a multi-volume... Uh, um, situation here yeah, which fuck. from, fuck from what i've understood uh a buddy of mine went to go see them recently and the new stuff actually i guess isn't so terrible
1: all right so unfuck this but who knows
2: against. uh the last two we got war kings reborn and william shatner who's <laughs> dead oh He's in all those e-trade commercials or whatever the hell he does or hotels whatever yeah, i thought they killed him i don't know uh, Shatner Claws the Christmas album oh my sweet Jesus please take that as you will and that is all for our, uh, November 9th and November 16th next week we'll uh, hit the end of the week uh, sorry the end of the month but the uh, other releases we'll try to keep you guys informed with all the upcoming albums that are coming out so you can all be in the same boat anything else Marcus
1: that's a big negative thank you for listening Spotify, iTunes, TuneIn, iHeart, Google Play, maybe. Uh, Patreon.com forward slash HMOA number six P-A-C-K. Find us on the Instagram at HMOA number six P-A-C-K. That's the uh, Twitter as well. Facebook, heavy metal over a six pack. Find us and look for the uh, double cross guitars with the uh, beer can in the middle. We're going to leave you today with an exit track from our today's featured artist, Central Disorder. It's going to be Eradication.
2: And lastly, before we go, next episode, we may have some guests in-house. I uh, may. Have, we have We have guests. But I'll leave it at that.
1: More exciting shit. Come from having my overall six-pack. Mm-hmm. Thanks, Thanks for listening. Thanks, guys. Drink beer, listen to metal.
2: And drink more beer.
1: And drink more. I like that. And drink more beer. Mm-hmm. Like, share, listen, repeat.
2: Peace! See ya!
3: metal over a six pack this is anthony marcus and jay signing off see you next time